Hello, my name is JJ Holly, and I'm President and CEO of the Woodlands Area Chamber of Commerce. And welcome to another episode of Between the Trees. I'd like to thank our technology sponsor and, and producers of our show, Woodlands Online, for helping us out every week to put the program on. And today I have the uh, pleasure of welcoming Mr. Brett Perlman, who's the President and CEO of the Center for Houston's Future. Thanks, so JJ. So welcome to the show. Thank you for being here. I'm pleased to do it. Yeah. Thanks for coming all the way up from Houston. Oh, it was a pleasure to. <laughs> <laughs> it's, not so, you know, it's, a, it's a drive I enjoy making. That's so. right. Yeah, it's, it's a nice area to come visit and hang out with us for Absolutely. a little while. Absolutely. So tell us a bit about uh, yourself and, ha and how you came to be at, uh, at the Center. Well, I've been at the center now for three years. Uh, the center's actually been around for 20 years. We mm -hmm. spun out of the Greater Houston Partnership in, in 2000. So this is our 20th anniversary as an organization. Wow. And um, we really started uh, as an organization um, to develop leaders uh, for Houston with the idea mm -hmm. of um, training the next generation of leaders. And uh, we've trained 1,200 uh, leaders in the community over over 20 years, and that was uh, the vision of our founder, a guy named uh, Gene Vaughn, mm -hmm. who really saw um, that we needed more um, visionary leaders. You know, people like uh, George Mitchell, who had you know built um, great communities like the mm -hmm. Woodlands, and that is what has made Houston, you know, and the whole region a mm -hmm. success. And that's how the, Houston, the Center for Houston's Future was started. Um, in the 20 years we've been around, we've expanded beyond that program, the Leadership Forum, which is our, our core program to do other things. Uh, we now do uh, what we call strategic initiatives, and I'll talk a little bit about that hopefully today, which are kind of looking at the future of um, globally and then thinking locally. Uh, mm -hmm. So that's kind of our bumper sticker. Uh, we look at big global trends and then we mm -hmm. think about uh, how do those trends affect our region here. And so we've been looking at uh, energy and healthcare and immigration, mm -hmm. these big uh, global trends and what do they mean for uh, the Houston region. So we do that. Mm -hmm. And then we do things like this today. We just come and mm -hmm. uh, uh, talk to um, uh, folks in the community, um, uh, try to engage uh, with the community to let them know what we're doing, mm -hmm. to um, uh, talk about our work, to uh, have discussions uh, like this with you. So well, great. Those, are, those are the three areas in which mm -hmm. we work, the strategic initiatives, the leadership development, and then some of our uh, community engagement work. Mm -hmm. And I've been there three years doing this, and um, uh, it's been uh, it's been quite a, quite a ride. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm sure COVID hasn't uh, affected your operations at all. Well, uh, we have, uh, like, like we talked about, I haven't worn a yeah. tie since March. So, <laughs> uh, and this is the first time, one of the first times I put back a, uh, you know, on a on a, a jacket. So, uh -huh. uh, uh, we've all been working at home, obviously, yeah. and. Um, uh, you know, we, um, uh, we've, I think, made the transition now to a virtual world. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of the things maybe we'll talk about a little bit is, you know, COVID in some ways has accelerated a lot of the trends that we've been seeing mm -hmm. uh, in energy and healthcare, uh, some for good, some for bad. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I think one of the things we've realized is we're not going back to the past. Mm -hmm. um, COVID has changed us uh, in ways that we... Um, uh, are going to live with, you know, mm -hmm. uh, permanently. Mm -hmm. And um, and th it's uh, really affected our world uh, in lots of different ways. And so uh, we're going to have to think about uh, mm -hmm. how how our future has changed um, because mm -hmm. of the pandemic. Well, and, and we're very fortunate in the Houston region that we, we have uh, world-leading industries here with energy and with health care that are, you know, our health, uh, the medical center is... is yeah. uh, is world renowned for people coming from all over the world to get their treatment here. So on the energy side, 
what are some of the initiatives that you've, that you've been working on? Well, I might talk a little bit. Uh, yeah, we've been working, as I mentioned, in these three areas, and I'll talk a little mm -hmm. bit about each one in healthcare mm -hmm. and immigration. And, you know, we've worked with you on some of this uh, in immigration. That's our longest standing program, mm -hmm. so I'll come back and talk about that. Yep. And, then, um, and then our newest one in healthcare. Uh, you know, as I mentioned, we just finished our healthcare. Mm -hmm. uh, initiative and we um, published a report that we worked on for a year mm -hmm. and um, um, uh, in healthcare I think w one of the interesting things we're seeing just to talk about that maybe mm -hmm. first is um, uh, the sort of dynamic of in healthcare that we have this amazing healthcare sector uh, mm -hmm. both with the Texas Medical Center but also regionally I mean mm -hmm. if you just drive down 45 uh, you guys have one of the um, uh, most developed healthcare um, yes. satellite. In fact, we're referring to it as Medical Center North, but don't tell Bill McKeon. That. Okay, <laughs> he he may t he may brand that. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, but it's 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 true. Uh, yeah. We have developed this very sophisticated mm -hmm. uh, healthcare system in Houston, and it's really um, a, a gem that we have, um, mm -hmm. and it's one of the drivers of the economy. And the research that we did showed. It's the largest sector, uh, employment sector in, 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 our, in our region, uh, mm -hmm. 350,000 jobs, and growing at, at 50% um, before the pandemic. Wow. It was growing at 50% mm -hmm. a year. Now, we've lost some of those jobs, but we think those will come back over mm -hmm. time. In fact, we have um, shortages of nurses That's right. and, uh, and physicians, and so those are some of the places where mm -hmm. we need to add jobs. In fact, and, we were proud to partner with Lone Star College and Sam Houston on initiatives for uh, uh, Lone Star has the, uh, the doctor of osteopathic medicine college that has just opened up right in uh, right there in Conroe in the, the Grand Central neighborhood yeah and then we uh, uh, lent our voice in support of Lone Star to have their bachelor of nursing program because that's something that we particularly see as chambers that we can be involved in workforce development issues transportation issues water availability issues but we uh, we feel like it's incumbent on us to help the business sector fulfill their employment needs. Yeah, that's exactly what needs to happen because mm -hmm. the shortages are really the constraining factor that's on right. our ability to continue to grow the, mm -hmm. those sectors. And um, as we, um, as you know, after COVID, um, that's really going to be what the constraint is. Mm -hmm. And we even saw it now, you know, in terms of uh, what happened um, when the um, cases spiked. Uh, during April and May, we do a lot of work with uh, HCA Healthcare, for example, mm -hmm. and um, you know they're a national uh, healthcare company, so they were, had the ability to bring mm -hmm. in nurses from around the country uh, mm -hmm. to staff hospitals. Uh, but that's a scarce resource, and so that's true. I think, like I was saying before, one of the things the pandemic has shown is where these um, these chinks in the armor are, mm -hmm. and uh, uh, the nursing. Um, uh, the, the shortage of nurses is mm -hmm. one of the areas. So the work that you're doing uh, is an example of the things mm -hmm. that we need to do uh, to start to fill some of those gaps. Mm -hmm. um, but that you know th th that's one of the stories we uncovered is this mm -hmm. um, this growth in healthcare. But the other side of the story, which is interesting, uh, that we started to see in healthcare is it really started to expose these disparities uh, that we have in our community in terms of mm -hmm. um, uh, particularly. Um, in low-income communities, mm -hmm. and that's another um, set of um, of uh, things that we discovered that mm -hmm. the um, uh, the problems that the pandemic um, uncovered, particularly uh, with chronic diseases, affect 
uh, people who aren't insured, mm -hmm. uh, who need uh, um, access to health care, mm -hmm. and that those problems not only are, are serious health care problems for those individuals, but they're actually problems for us all. Uh, because those people... And, and uh, we know COVID has hit uh, low-income areas uh, hardest. Exactly. And it, it's um, and and so addressing those um, those problems are going to mm -hmm. be uh, some of the things that we're going to have to start dealing with going forward. Mm -hmm. And so that's the other part of the um, of the report. So we have this in Houston. We have that that, that sort of dichotomy of of mm -hmm. healthcare. We have this amazing healthcare sector mm -hmm. uh, that's a driver of our economy, uh, but we also have this health disparity problem that we have to deal with. And that, that's sort of what our report pointed out, that we have, mm -hmm. to, um, we have to work on both sides of the issue uh, for, uh, to ensure that we're going to have a prosperous, a healthy economy going forward mm -hmm. for, all, for all of our, our citizens in Are the region. Are there any thoughts on solutions yet, or maybe it's too early to really go down, down that road on, on serving that, that low-income community? Well, I, th I think well, you know, some of the um, basics are certainly just extending access. Uh, and you can do that in lots of different ways. There's lots of new models mm -hmm. uh, for providing access. Uh, for example, uh, University of Houston uh, Medical College, which just mm -hmm. opened, is working on a, um, a different model to provide health care. Um, and it's very similar to the kind of high-end healthcare concierge service. They're providing mm -hmm. a, um, but this is for um, lower uh, income communities. They're mm -hmm. providing sort of a, uh, a flat fee service where you pay X number of dollars a month mm -hmm. at a very low level, mm -hmm. a very low amount per month that mm -hmm. people can afford. And it's a, just a different model than the fee-for-service model that we're very useful to. Mm -hmm. And so thinking about different ways of providing health care um, to different communities is something that we're going to have, uh, have to start uh, innovating around. And, uh, and that, you know, I think Houston has a tremendous uh, history of, of innovation. Yeah. I mean, after all, uh, you know, the Space Center is here, and it's something where uh, there, there's no problem that we're not afraid to really tackle and, and find something new and different to, to fix it. Yeah, and this is, I think, healthcare is exactly that kind mm -hmm. of problem where we can start to innovate. Mm -hmm. the, the other thing that we did, and just to mention it, um, and we're gonna do some more work on this going forward, is we did two surveys, uh, business uh, employer surveys, one before mm -hmm. COVID and then one after COVID. And I think it's one of the first surveys, uh, frankly, in the country that did sort of a before and after look at what employers are thinking about this. And what we saw was some pretty amazing things. Mm -hmm. um, first, not surprisingly, we saw that employers uh, ex expect costs to go up. Uh, yes. Not surprisingly. Um, that, that's a major concern for uh, our almost 1,500 member businesses is that uh, health care can be a, a, a really debilitating expense and it forces you to make decisions on do you keep employees or how much do you supplement their health insurance and it, it really, it, it, it makes it difficult sometimes whenever it goes up, you know, 12, 14 percent a year sometimes. Exactly. And that's exactly what we saw that uh, before the uh, the survey showed before COVID, mm -hmm. um, I don't remember the exact numbers. They're actually in the study, but um, the uh, after the survey after the um, uh, the sur survey we did after showed that a significant increase in the number of uh, employers that expected uh, their costs to go up ten percent or more, mm -hmm. and so that is uh, that's one of the findings. But what we also saw is a, a willingness of employers to get engaged mm -hmm. in in new ways of thinking about healthcare. So this example mm -hmm. I gave of uh, thinking about different models of healthcare mm -hmm. uh, is something that employers are more willing to uh, take on. And also this issue, uh, they now understand that these costs 
uh, the, the cost of the community, that people showing up in the emergency room who don't have insurance, mm -hmm. uh, that's a cost that they, all, that they bear. Yes. And so solving this problem uh, mm -hmm. of, of uninsured, um, uh, uncompensated care. Mm -hmm. um, and that's the most, the most expensive place to get care is in the ER. Exactly. And so these costs uh, need to be dealt with. And mm -hmm. I think what we started to see from this employer survey is employers understand that they need to be engaged in this kind of discussion mm -hmm. um, at a policy level mm -hmm. uh, to start solving these problems. You know, we recently had a, uh, a member organization called uh, Sidecar. Mm -hmm. that they have a completely different approach to health insurance where you can, and it's, it's again, technology-based because that's pervasive in everything that we do, but where you can, uh, if you need an MRI, you can shop around right. and you can go to their website and you can call up, okay, here's all the MRIs and uh, offerings in the Woodlands. Here's one for $1,300. Here's one for 150 And you can make an informed decision about where to go and then... Sidecar has an, an element where uh, they have the average charge. So if you go someplace that charges you less than the average charge, they send you money. That's so it encourages you, n number one, you're informed. Because how many of us have gone into the doctor and we just don't know. We just want to get better. Yeah. We just don't know how much it's going to cost. But you can, if you have the advantage of knowing what you need, an MRI is a good example, then you can look around and you can price shop and you know, what equipment, what doctors, you can see reviews, and then you can pick and choose. Yeah. And you're not, you're not uh, held to just going to one provider that the insurance company may have a relationship with. So it just opens the doors for you. Yeah, that's another thing that we did in the report is we looked at these trends, and mm -hmm. one of the trends you're pointing out is what we called uh, the consumerization of healthcare, mm -hmm. that we need to become much smarter consumers yep. of healthcare, just like we become uh, consumers of just about everything else in, That's in true. that we that we buy. If you can research it, then you you have a little more. You feel like you're, you have a little more power in the decision making. Right, and yeah. I think healthcare has always been difficult because mm -hmm. it's um, provided, it's paid for by a third party, and yes. it's uh, it's complex, um, mm -hmm. and it's something that you know when you show up in the emergency room, you not you're not thinking about the cost. That's right. So um, so. It's a difficult thing to, for consumers to understand, but I think we're getting mm -hmm. better, just as your example mm -hmm. of the MRI and this company that's doing it, which I hadn't heard of, so I want to learn more about, mm -hmm. uh, is a perfect example of how we might think about mm -hmm. uh, how consumers can manage their costs and have an incentive to do that. Because mm -hmm. at the end of the day, uh, it's really about providing people with that kind of incentive. Mm -hmm. So that's exactly the types of things that we uh, highlighted in this report. That's great. And we think if we can do more of that in Houston, uh, and use technology as the core, um, mm -hmm. then we can do what you were suggesting before, which mm -hmm. is to create uh, a new industry around around exactly these sorts of things. And that's where I think uh, mm -hmm. what we're doing at TMCX and what we're doing, uh, mm -hmm. uh, you know, up here in the in the woodlands, what we're doing in in, in Midtown uh, with the Ion, those are all uh, mm -hmm. places where we have these uh, pockets uh, of innovation. And uh, that's where, you know, frankly, uh, we really see that as the next growth engine mm -hmm. uh, for the region. Yeah. Uh, so getting that right will add literally trillions of dollars to our economy over yeah. the next 15 Any years. diversification, you know, we all learned our lesson in the Houston region in the mid-80s when we were so oil dependent. Yeah. That, uh, and we love our oil industry. We want to support that industry. But we also need to diversify so that you can even out the peaks and valleys of a natural economic 
climate that just happens over time. Yes, and that's where we see in healthcare in particular, mm -hmm. what we see is a lot of the jobs that we're creating uh, don't generate those, um, what we call multipliers, don't generate those high value jobs that create other jobs. Mm -hmm. uh, there are a lot of service jobs. Uh, even uh, doctors don't create those high multiplier mm -hmm. jobs, but if you put a software engineer uh, mm -hmm. and bring that type of job into healthcare, uh, you're starting to create this huge multiplier effect. Mm -hmm. And that's, if we can start to do that in that community, we'll start to see this explosion uh, yeah. literally in GDP. Mm -hmm. And um, that's really what we're trying to, um, uh, what we saw as the opportunity for, uh, mm -hmm. to accelerate the growth uh, in our region in healthcare. And mm -hmm. we talk about, we have some numbers, we ran some scenarios in the report that sort of helped to quantify that. So I'd commend some of your listeners and readers uh, mm -hmm. to look at the report on our website uh, that will kind of talk a little bit about how we might mm -hmm. start to grow that part of the economy. And that, that's a good question. How would someone access this, this information that, that the center has compiled? Yeah, it's on our website, uh, centerforhoustonsfuture.org. Okay. And uh, very simple. You can just go there, download the report. Uh, we also had a, a, a really great webinar um, yep. where we had four experts from around the community mm -hmm. uh, talk about these different issues uh, that, we, uh, that we've been talking about today. Um, so really people who know what they're, um, who are in the industry, know what they're talking about, mm -hmm. uh, kind of explain uh, some of these issues in detail. So um, all that information is available on our website. Uh, and that, that's kind of mm -hmm. what we've, that's our most recent report. Uh, happy to talk a little bit about energy because we've been doing some exciting work there as it, it, well. That's exactly what I was thinking because, uh, again, we're, we're a world leader in that and uh, uh, attended a, a Greater Houston Partnership event, uh, I think it's uh, about a year and a half ago now, uh -huh. where uh, the, uh, uh, the, the chairman of GHP said, look, the people that are in this room, and there was 1,200 people in the room, yeah. said, look, we, we are a leader in energy, a worldwide leader. And if we want to stay the worldwide leader, we have to change. We have to adopt and, and adapt and, and manage those problems that are out there and fix those. So what have you guys been doing on that front? Yeah, well, we've, um, so what you're referring to is this uh, speech that um, Bobby Tudor gave. That's right. And uh, I think that got a lot of attention, mm -hmm. uh, not only in, um, uh, in Houston, but almost globally. Uh, people said, wow, here's a guy who is, um, knows, some, knows what he's talking about and here, that's right. What he's saying that um, you know Houston isn't just about oil and gas; it's really about um, all kinds of energy. Mm -hmm. uh, interestingly enough, we had been doing work in that area for about um, two years before that, mm -hmm. and so we had been plowing that ground um, uh, by the time uh, Bobby made that speech. And mm -hmm. so, a lot of the work that we ha uh, have, have have been doing hopefully influenced the direction. Uh, in which he's headed. And so let me tell you a little bit about the work we've yeah. been doing there. Um, we've held two conferences uh, called the Houston Low Carbon Energy Summit. We just had our second one mm -hmm. uh, earlier in October. And this one focused on innovation. Um, and so looking at um, innovation kind of in this uh, the space of how do we take what we do well in Houston mm -hmm. um, and transition it to this new world of thinking about um, what the energy sources of the future might be. Because mm -hmm. we all know that the energy world has changed. It's changed mm -hmm. in the past, and it's going to change in the future. And you know that we can debate about the pace of change, but mm -hmm. we know it's going to change, and we know the direction in which it's changing. It's changing towards um, 
you know, uh, lower carbon content. Mm -hmm. and, um, and so we need to and, be... And that doesn't mean no oil and gas. No, absolutely not. There are ways not. to still run your economy and get that, uh, that uh, efficiency of those BTUs in the oil and gas, yeah. but, but still reduce your, your carbon footprint. Yeah, the best way to think about this is we're really talking about emissions, not fuel. Exactly. So that's kind of the bumper sticker mm -hmm. the way to think about this. Because if you think about that, I'll give you an example of this. Some, some of the research that we've done, and we just released some research uh, on these topics with, um, with the University of Houston mm -hmm. uh, that looked at four areas in which we think Houston can excel in a low carbon economy. And they all build on things that we do today. Mm -hmm. in Houston. So um, that's, again, on our website. So and that's the good news. Yeah. Is that these are already initiatives that are underway, and COVID might just accelerate that. I think it's absolutely going to accelerate that. Mm -hmm. So let me give you an example of one mm -hmm. of these areas. Um, so you may not know, most people don't know, that Houston is the larger, largest producer of hydrogen today. Now, well, mm -hmm. what is, why was hydrogen important? Uh, well, it's used today in uh, refining, uh, petrochemical refining, basically to take sulfur out of, out of the uh, oil when it's produced into gasoline mm -hmm. and other refined products. Well, hydrogen actually is kind of the Swiss Army knife of, um, of fuels mm. that can be used uh, basically as a fuel itself. So some people have thought about hydrogen as the new oil. You can use it um, in a fuel cell to create transportation fuels. Mm -hmm. And so people are thinking about um, hydrogen trucks or hydrogen cars. Mm -hmm. And this is not, you know, um, talking about Will Rogers of the future. These things exist today. Mm -hmm. um, we had on our conference that we did in October um, a guy named uh, Franklin Diaz Chang. Franklin uh, flew on more shuttle missions uh, than anyone else um, in, in the world, actually. Wow. So he flew on seven shuttle missions. Uh, he's an immigrant from uh, Costa Rica. So he's mm -hmm. this amazing guy. Um, and he, um, he's built in, um, in Costa Rica the, um, the first Latin America um, hydrogen infrastructure. So in, mm. hi, in his um, business operation in Costa Rica, they have hy hydrogen fuel buses that are driving around in Costa Rica. So we're not talking about something that, um, and they're, um, uh, they are, uh, they're using um, solar power, which is one way you can mm -hmm. create uh, hydrogen, but you can also create it from natural gas. Mm -hmm. So this is not the technology. Which is another thing we have in, in abundance is natural gas. Yeah, so the, the way we create hydrogen today is through this process uh. Uh, called steam methane reforming. So that's how we use it in oil and um, the um, uh, process of uh, creating oil and gas. So back to the story, we can create more hydrogen today and, and create it for all these different uses, whether it's for transportation, whether it's uh, basically for energy storage, whether it's for export uh, to other places. And this is happening all across the globe. We just haven't thought about this as a separate industry. Mm -hmm. We think of it as an input to oil and gas refining. So if we start thinking differently mm -hmm. about this, um, this new fuel and think of it as an as a industry, as a new product, we could be the world's leader in this new, um, this new, this new industry. Hmm. So people, we're not thinking about it quite that way today, but we could in the future. So why couldn't we be not only the oil and gas capital of the world, but the hydrogen hub of, of the world? And, exactly. uh, and that could happen in the next 10, 10 to 15 years. And so, that's what I liked about uh, uh, Mr. Tudor's speech was that it was very, uh, it was very optimistic about the future. Yeah. That, look, we have the minds and the companies and the capital in the room to make this happen. Yeah. And we have to consciously make that effort to make that turn. Yeah. So let's not think about this as, you know, 
as something, let's think of this as value creating, not value destroying. It's not value destroying. It, it builds on the assets, it builds on the capabilities, it builds mm -hmm. on the skills, um, you know, it, that are really unique, uniquely situated in Houston. And, it's a, and that's a very positive thing. That's what I, uh, I think when, when we look at the Houston region in particular, we're probably best positioned than anywhere else in the country. Absolutely. Uh, with, with the industries that we have, with the talent that we have, uh, with just the resources. We're, yeah. We're uh, ready to go. Yeah, so let me give you another example. So we're mm -hmm. doing a, um, a virtual trade mission with Rotterdam. Uh, oh, great. And next week. So why Rotterdam? Well, Rotterdam wants to be, and I'll just hop, harp on the hydrogen one mm -hmm. for a second. That Rotterdam wants to be the the import the importer of hydrogen hydrogen for Europe. Well, uh, they can't produce very much of it in Europe, so they have to import it, mm -hmm. and they're looking for exporters. So we are kind of on the other side of the um, you know other side of that trans mm -hmm. transaction. Another great opportunity for us. Yeah. So we could be a huge exporter. So mm -hmm. we just have to figure out. How do we how do we create that market? And wow. you know we've done this a, mil, a million times. We've done it in natural gas. We've mm -hmm. done it, uh, you know, with LNG. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so we need to just mm -hmm. think about how do we recreate these things we've done in the past and take that same set of skills and look towards and, the future. And you know, so much of the economic news is is fairly uh, uh, bleak with with COVID. Yeah. So it's nice to, and, and even uh, the economic news around oil and gas with the, the dollar, uh, you know, uh, per oil barrel being, yeah. being uh, barrel being so low. But these are good, positive, positive messages that look, there are, the, the industry is changing and we're doing it right here locally. Yeah. And there are these opportunities. So we mm -hmm. just, we just have to start thinking about, think differently. You know, the, yeah. the, the real constraint here uh, is not, um, you know, uh, creating, it's not the environmental constraint, mm -hmm. it's the constraint of, you know, of, of vision. It's mm -hmm. the constraint of uh, thinking differently about mm -hmm. how we, how, how the world might be. So and, our, our and, leadership in the companies just have to kind of make that turn. Yeah, and I think we're starting to see that happen. Mm -hmm. And you're starting to see, you know, some of the... Well, and you, you having summits and conferences where uh, those individuals are in attendance just helps to open the door a little bit more. Right. And we have all that on our website, so yeah. you can go watch some of the conference. It was really great. Oh, great. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, so th those are some of the things we're working on. And mm -hmm. uh, like I said, you know, our, our job is to really uh, be the catalyst for some of this. And so we're mm -hmm. working uh, with a lot of partners on this, whether they're in industry, whether they're academic partners, mm -hmm. uh, really to start to tell these kind of stories. And well, I know you've also done all the work on, uh, on immigration. Yes, that's the third area in which we've mm -hmm. worked. Uh, that's our, um, our longest, uh, we've been working on that for the longest period of time since I started three years ago. Which can and, be a hot button uh, political issue. Yeah, what we're trying to do is create a, a sort of a new dialogue on immigration yeah. um, and really talk about how immigrants are the growth driver of the Houston economy. And, mm -hmm. you know, this was kind of an insight that uh, Stephen Kleinberg at Rice has had talked about for many years. Mm -hmm. uh, and the way he says, you know, it doesn't matter what you do at the border, you can lock the doors, mm -hmm. uh, you know, build the fence, it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. You know, um, the immigrants are already here. The workforce of the future is here. So how do mm -hmm. we figure out how we train mm -hmm. um, people, the 11 million people who are here? Mm -hmm. uh, they're not going away. Um, mm -hmm. What the key is, is how do we, how do we create that, uh, the, this, uh, this skill base, mm -hmm. uh, this group of people to have the skills that they need uh, for the future? And I remember uh, from the, uh, the immigration conference that, that you, you hosted, yeah. that domestically, we can't fill the number of jobs to drive our economy without 
some level of immigration uh, fill in that gap. That's exactly right. So if you look at, um, you know, the way our economy grows, it's a pretty simple equation. It's, mm -hmm. um, it's really growth in population times productivity. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you look at the population growth, you know, um, we're not, you know, um, we're not, um, our, our, uh, uh, our birth rate is not increasing, so that's not helping us. Mm -hmm. Uh, the U-Haul effect where people used to come here from around the, mm -hmm. uh, the country isn't happening. So the mm -hmm. only thing that's growing is our immigrant pool. Mm -hmm. And we have to, to continue to grow our, popu you know, our economy. Mm -hmm. We have to be a magnet for people from around the globe who are bring want to bring their talent mm -hmm. uh, to Houston uh, in these industries that we've talked about, mm -hmm. whether it's healthcare, our industry, mm -hmm. our energy. Mm -hmm. uh, to be to be part of this great economy that we're trying mm -hmm. to uh, uh, create, and so the idea of uh, you know immigrants as the as part of the mm -hmm. uh, the growth story of Houston is really uh, how we're going to grow mm -hmm. and become the, one of the cities of the future. And I think um, you know Stephen really says it best. Um, you know the the um, um, Houston will be where. Uh, the future of America plays out, and uh, getting this That's right. That's another, another piece of good news. Yeah, and getting the but getting this right is important. Yes. And so I think you know we can be a model mm -hmm. uh, for how uh, getting this right is not only important for Houston; it's mm -hmm. right important for the country. Well, and uh, uh, the center also uh, has a lot of uh, partnerships with local entities that you were mentioning earlier. Uh, uh, do you want to cover some of those that you're working with? Well, I can just talk maybe about the, the partnerships we have up here in the Woodlands mm -hmm. because we work uh, very closely. Uh, we are a regional organization, mm -hmm. and um, uh, for example, our leadership program, uh, uh, as I mentioned before, we've grad uh, we run it twice a year. We've graduated uh, 1,200 uh, folks in the program where mm -hmm. we uh, take them and uh, give them an immersion in all these issues we've been talking about mm -hmm. today. It's a great program if people are interested in it. Mm -hmm. um, uh, they can contact me or go to our website and get more information about it. Uh, but we, um, uh, we do one weekend in Galveston, and then we do one weekend in the Woodlands. Now, interestingly enough, we do it in the Tremont uh, in Galveston, so yeah. uh, something that Mr. Mitchell had, uh, you know, um, the vision to create That's in Galveston. Right. That's right. And then we do the second weekend uh, up here in the Woodlands. And the idea is that we want to show that Houston really stretches from Galveston mm -hmm. to the Woodlands. Mm -hmm. And so we do partner with uh, you all in terms of mm -hmm. that program. Yeah, thank um, you for that. And, um, and then obviously we work with the, the, the um, Woodlands Township, um, mm -hmm. and uh, who has been a big supporter, um, mm -hmm. and Gil Staley has been a big supporter of ours, and we've come up and talked yeah. to his board uh, mm -hmm. a number of different times. Mm -hmm. uh, we've worked with Lone Star College mm -hmm. um, on some of the immigration work we've, we've done. And then uh, we work with HARC as well. Mm -hmm. um, and so Lisa Gonzalez uh, at HARC has been a big yeah. uh, a supporter and colleague of mm -hmm. the work that we've done. And um, they are just a gem. Uh, you know, they have um, one of the few net zero buildings. That's right. Um, uh, in the country. Right at, uh, research in, in Gosling. Yes. Yeah. And um, if people haven't been over there, they should go over and yeah. see the building because it's an amazing uh, facility. And we've used it mm -hmm. for some of our our leadership work. Mm -hmm. And so we're, we're up here all the time. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I really appreciate the opportunity to come up and be, you know, uh, spend some time with you. Oh, thank uh, you. Talking it's about, our pleasure. Talking about some of these things, because yeah. uh, we really do think of you guys as, 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 as part of the, mm -hmm. the community that we're trying to create. 
And, well, uh, the work that you're doing is, is just shining a light on so many things that, that take, uh, take effort and take some focus so that uh, we can make sure that we make the right decisions and do the changes that we know we need to make and how we can get those implemented as soon as possible. So thank you for the work that you do. Happy to do it. Anything else you want to cover before we close up? Uh, no, that's, I, think, I think we did a, did a pretty good tour of what we're working yeah. on. And, that was uh, a lot in just half an hour or well, so. Well, good. Well, <laughs> we well, got it condensed really well. Good. Well, we're happy to uh, you know to uh, to come out and uh, uh, be part of whatever mm -hmm. uh, you know you guys are up to, and appreciate mm -hmm. this opportunity. And just let us know uh, where we can be helpful uh, on things that you're you're involved in. Well, thank you, Brett. And you guys are doing great work down there. We appreciate uh, you know healthcare. Energy, immigration, those are all crucial issues that we've got to get right in the Houston region. So thanks for your work on thanks, that. Thanks, JJ. And thank you for joining us on another episode of Between the Trees. Again, we'd like to thank our production sponsor, Woodlands Online. And my name is JJ Holly with the Woodlands Area Chamber of Commerce, and I hope you have a great day. Thank you.